Such a good song and heart to be singing for him to come have his way. He's here. It's available, but wants to be invited in to come and work in our lives and, and work in us. So it's a good, good song to be wrapping up with. Good morning, y'all. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at the church and want to, you know, connect you with a few things that are coming up. And then uh, we'll be carrying on this series, Possessing Your Possessions. But first, they're going to put up on the screen a picture of, of one of our crew, Roxana and her family. And just want to share a little bit with, uh, with you about her story. This is her on the bottom here. And then Mama Emilce, her youngest daughter, Emmy, there. And uh, I know the last few years have been pretty difficult for a lot of people, but I wanted to share with you some of her story as well. A little bit before COVID, uh, Roxana started to have some issues from diabetes and, and uh, ended up going blind in one eye and, and uh, started to have some, some sight loss in the other. Uh, and, and they were able to stop that. She's still getting shots in her eye uh, every six weeks. And then the diabetes started uh, messing with her feet and both her feet collapsed right around the start of, of COVID. And uh, so she had to have them reconstructed and she's now going in and out of hospitals throughout this, this intense season of, if you remember the start of COVID, how everything is shutting down and, and just the chaos of that. Her kidneys start shutting down and she starts getting blood clots and uh, eventually they had to amputate her left leg after several procedures to try to solve the blood clot didn't, didn't work out right. And, uh, and through all of this, Roxana has been part of our church well before that as well, and um, connected and engaged in all that we do here at the church. And, and things are going well now. She's getting, getting and, and figuring out a prosthetic and physical therapy to re-strengthen her other leg to be able to do that and, and all. And, and as we talked, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Kim and uh, earlier this week, and I got to talk with Roxana some, said, so what, what is it that, that you would need from the church to help you know, make life more functional for you? And, and the, the, one of their major needs right now is a handicap accessible vehicle so that she can get to multiple appointments, some multiple appointments per day, but per week consistently. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been a whole thing, if you can imagine, for her getting in and out of a vehicle and, and stuff like that. And so, so hey, their, their small group is, is already really involved here and wanting to help. And, and so he said, hey, well, we're gonna go after helping to provide a van for you. That's gonna become part of the mission at the church for, for a little bit of this season. And we did this in 2016 where we were able to purchase a van for, for Jay, one of our uh, paraplegic members who, who was also in this same kind of spot. And, and you know, y'all were faithful then and know that, that you'll be faithful now. Their group's already raised several thousand dollars uh, to help get this kind of started, but it's gonna cost every bit of 20 grand. And I, if you've you know, tried to buy a vehicle in the last year, you know how uh, insane that is right now, but wanted to, you know, with the power of a lot of us, start making some movement here, some headway here. So you'll, you'll hear us talking about Roxana and her story more uh, throughout the upcoming weeks. But I wanted to invite you in to this, a really practical way that you can help make life change. So if you want to give, 
uh, and we'd really encourage you to do that. I, I know many of you are already really faithful with all, your, all you're doing and all you're giving to and, and really appreciate that. So there's, there's more space always, so letting you know about it. On your checks or on your uh, pro, uh, offering envelopes, you can write van on there if you ever want to give towards that. Uh, it's on our website or, or electronic giving as well. You'll see a, a spot to, to click there if you want to help to provide this vehicle for one of our families that's in need. And God's going to show up and do some really good stuff through this. So that's happening next weekend, Palm Sunday. We are doing baptisms. It's going to be an amazing morning as, as God's going to be present and showing up. And if you've never followed Jesus and Believer's baptism, let's go. Come on, take a step and get baptized on your Connect cards. You can mark baptism there. And then the week after that is Easter, uh, two Sundays from today. So you're going to, listen, just plan. You want to be here the next several weeks. Lots of really good stuff coming up at the Vineyard. Bring some friends, bring some family, because lots of life change and God moments are going to be happening throughout this building for the next few weeks. So don't miss out. That's what's coming up. Today we are in Joshua chapter 5, if you want to go with me in your Bible. Last week, Pastor Jamie brought us to Jericho in Jesus' time, and you get to see some of what happened in the, you know, 1,200, 1,400 years after the story we're going to look at. We're not going to get into Joshua 6. I can't tell you about a battle. All I'm going to say is there's a battle coming next week, and you're going to want to hear this story because it's amazing. All right, so uh, we saw Jesus in Jericho last week, and this week we're going to the, the Israelites who we've been following with Joshua as their leader, coming into the promised land to take hold of the inheritance, the promised land, the promised space that God has given them to walk into. And we're going to see how that happens. Now, at the start of COVID, not Joshua 5, at the start of COVID, uh, my brother and I had to go up to our grandma's house, you'll remember this, RJ, to, to get, some, uh, get, get some furniture and stuff and borrowed a truck and drove up there. But it was the start of COVID and it was a Thursday. So we were doing, y'all remember when we did the drive-through uh, dinner church stuff out here? How awesome that was. In April of 2020, we were giving away thousands of meals on Thursdays. Like it was a whole production and it was an amazing thing that we got to be a part of to serve our community. But it also took a lot of planning and effort and thought. So right at the beginning of that kind of transition into doing it, uh, I had to go with my brother to move some furniture. And uh, we kind of scheduled it out so that we would drive back and make it just in time. But we, it, with all the chaos, we also had to have a staff meeting. So I needed to hop on the phone while we were driving back. So we pulled over, you know, got gas, got drinks, whatever we wanted so that we could just go. And then I hopped on the phone. He started reading a book on his phone or something. I don't know uh, what he was doing. And, and we're driving, making good time too. The traffic wasn't bad. Uh, we were a little worried about that, but it was, it was all good. So I could start breathing. We're gonna make it in time for dinner church. And then I, I had to interrupt the, 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 the staff meeting over the phone call thing and say, hey guys, listen, I'm not going to make it tonight to dinner church. I'm like, what? What's wrong? Did, did you get flat tires? I'm like, what? no, no, nothing, nothing really like major bad happened. Um, I'm just in Ocala right now. Some of you know the directions. We started in Tampa and then we headed north 
instead of south where we live. There it is. All right, now you're getting it. Wasn't, we did not do a good job at looking at the signs. Listen, I'm just saying, first service was up earlier than you, and they got that story a lot quicker than you did. So we didn't look. We tried, and we thought we had looked. We thought we were going the right way. Everything seemed like it was fine. But you know, if you don't look, sometimes you can be going the wrong way and not even be aware of it. Now, me and my life, I, uh, I, I, I tend to do that more often than I'd care to admit going too quickly, doing my own thing, not watching out for or paying attention to what God is wanting to do around me. Thankfully, in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua does the exact opposite. He does the right thing. He's the good model. We're going to try to be more like Joshua, less like Jason, which is generally a good thing to kind of just just put in, into your life and, and planning. Verse 13 of Joshua chapter 5. Joshua, before I can even get to let me set the stage. So Joshua is preparing. They've, they've had these meetings, I'm sure, with his army captains. They've prepared. He's the commander of the army, and he's got all these guys. They've prepared. How are we going to lay siege and capture this first city that we have to go take? Jericho. That story happens next week, but the planning has already happened. Now, before the battle begins, Joshua walks away from everybody else, and he goes off. Now, I, maybe he's, you know, Joshua scouted all of this territory uh, years before, 40 years before. Maybe he's going back to walk around the city like he did then. He certainly has sent scouts out in the last, uh, last couple of months, and they've been there. Remember, we talked about Rahab in late February, and, and so maybe he's looking at the walls from there. Maybe he just chose to go step aside and pray. But he walks away from his army. He's on his own. And in this moment, verse 13, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him. Joshua's on his own. He's walked away from from the group, but I love that he looked up and saw. I'm going to spoil this for you. This is Jesus standing in front of him. Now, the, the Bible doesn't say that, but let me give you a few, a few thoughts on why. One, uh, we'll see in a moment how Joshua responds. He falls face down. He worships this person that's standing in front of him. Anytime an angel shows up and does this and people fall down, and the angel always stops him and says, no, 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 you're not, not, not worshiping me. Here, it's allowed to carry on. Some of the plans and words that, that are given to Joshua is, is, this, uh, is that of Jesus speaking directly to him. So he sees the Lord as he's kind of interrupted on his own plans, his own journeys, his own steps. Maybe you've had these moments in your life where you've seen God kind of step in a little bit, where maybe he's tried to get your attention, or maybe, if you're like me, where you look back and say, that's where he was and I didn't see him. I didn't look. I didn't slow down. But Joshua looks. And as I was reading this and, and kind of preparing this week, um, I was reading a, a message from a, a, an old preacher named Charles Spurgeon. And, and his comment on this spot was, he asked the question, who is it that sees the Lord? Right? It's just Joshua. Nobody else sees him. Nobody else is there. Nobody else has you. There's, there's great leaders in Israel, people like Caleb, who... Uh, we talked about a few weeks ago and and other commanders of the army and and other uh, leaders of the 12 tribes, but it's only Joshua 
Why is it? It's because only Joshua is out in this moment seeking the Lord. Who sees God? It's those who are looking for him. But to look for him often means we've got to slow down. It means we can't rush into our own plans. It means we can't rush into our own dreams. It means we can't rush into our own visions because if God is at work, oftentimes our things might, will, need to change. And that happens here for Joshua. Verse 13 again. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua, when, uh, Joshua the warrior, Joshua the, the, the fighter, uh, by himself, I may, he probably has a sword or a dagger or something, you, you'd hope so. He walks right up to this person. He doesn't know it's Jesus. He doesn't know who it is. He walks right up to him. He's ready to go. Like, hey, we're planning this fight. If, we're gonna, if it's starting now, it's starting now. Let's go. He walks right up to him and said, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And look at this response. Neither. I'm not for you. I'm not for them. Neither. I am here as the commander of the Lord's, of the army of the Lord. I have now come. Joshua encounters Jesus. Thankfully, he's looking, and then he sees Jesus in this moment, and Joshua is reminded that his position of commander of the army of the Lord is actually somebody higher than him. Now, throughout, we've seen Joshua be faithful to follow God, but now he physically interacts with and is reminded that Joshua is actually second in command. This isn't his shot to call. This isn't his war to plan. This isn't his directions to make up. Now, he will certainly carry them out. He will walk them out. He will lead the people through it, but he has somebody that he reports to. And this is good news, right? In your home, parents, men, if you feel as the head of the household, you still have somebody that you report to. You might own your business or be the manager and you have the freedom to lead, but you still have somebody that you report to. You might be the captain of the sports team or you might be planning out all the next stages of your life, but don't do those without remembering that each of us has a commander that we report to in Jesus, that he is the one who is in command. And this, hopefully this is a good thing. This should bring you some hope and joy. First of all, take some of the pressure off. All right. You know, as I walk up these steps to preach, I'm like, all right, Jesus, this is on you. You've got to show up here, right? This is, this is for you to do. We're here as you go to work tomorrow. All right, Jesus, if you call me out to go talk to somebody like... That's on you, man. You make that call, I'll try to follow, but you've got to show up, right? At home, when the kids are acting up and acting out and won't stop talking and, and the walls are closed. Jesus, these are your kids. You brought them forth, you take care of them. When the bills don't add up, when the weights are there, Jesus you are in control. And Romans 8, Paul reminds us, if God is for us, who could be against us? 
That when he's on your side, when he's, I'm sorry, that's not a good way to phrase that. When he is in command and you choose to come under him, you look and see him there and you say, all right, Jesus, you lead out, then you are under his authority and he begins the one to be the one to guide you and lead you, but that comes at a cost, right? The commander has his sword out. That means the plans are changing. We're gonna go about things a little different. The way that you wanted to do this might not happen. The way that you've dreamed about your life unfolding might be a little bit different. And are we gonna be willing to follow him in that? Remember when I first started working here, um, I was 18 uh, or 19 and I, so I, I, I came on staff at 10 hours a week to be like an assistant in the high school ministry and uh, just kind of helping out with students and uh, I had just graduated out of high school and, and so I was just working under uh, one of our pastors named Caleb at the time and he was my boss and then one day he took me to lunch and, uh, and kind of laid out for me, all right, like if you could do any of these jobs and he gave me three options, what would you want to do? Would you want to lead high school ministry? Would you want to lead in our young adults or would you want to lead with middle schoolers? And I wasn't really smart enough to, to know where it was going. So I, I was just honest. I said, hey, I would, I'd love to, to do high school stuff. Like I'll take your job. Thank you. I'll do that one. And then he's like, all right, well, what would be your second choice? Because that's my thing. I was like, well, and I guess the next thing I would do would be like young adults, like my age, like I would want to do that. And he said, well, why not, why not like middle school students? And I'm not smart enough to know how things work yet. I'm only 18, 19. I'm like, no, I don't want to be with like, yeah, they're in the other room. I don't want to be with those stinky, smelly kids. Like, no, like not my thing. You see, I thought I was being asked a question. I was not. He said, all right, well, you're going to start leading middle school. That, that math did not add up. Like sometimes you get into a moment and, and you get into these moments with God where you've got your plans, your dream, your vision, your idea of what's coming next and God steps in and says, no, no, no. Got the sword out. The sword throughout the New Testament is the word of God. His words, his scripture. And he says, no, we're gonna go my way. We're gonna do my thing. Joshua says, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And God says, neither. I'm for, I'm for me. I'm for all of future and I'm for all of the people. And so I can't hold on to my vision when God has different orders. Just like in our lives, in your lives, you've, God gives you orders, he gives direction. That means a change has to happen. But look at this. Look at his response, Joshua's response. Remember, he is, he is, well, up until five minutes ago, he is the commander of the Lord. He is the one in charge. He has laid the plans. He has set everything up. And he says, are you for us or for our enemies? Verse 14, neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does that my Lord have for his servant? Joshua looks, he finds God, and his immediate response is worship, is reverence, is to honor the one who is above, to honor his commander, to honor God, even if things are gonna change. And let me tell you, in Joshua's world, things are about to change. All the plans, all the preparation, all the steps that they've made, all of those are gonna go out the wayside. They're about to wage the most unconventional war 
that has ever been waged, but we can't get into that today. Come back next week. You're gonna wanna hear how they go about this, how God shows up. All of Joshua's plans are about to change, but he is now in the proper position. You see, you can plan your life, but that doesn't matter nearly as much as how your life is positioned. Say it a little differently. Your position to God matters much more than your plans for the future. Your position to God matters much more than your plans for the future. Because it's him who's in control. It's God who is the commander. It's Jesus who has the actual future of the world already known. It says, all right, we can walk this out this way. And I'm over here like barely able to work a remote for my TV. Like, no, I think I want to go do this thing. Just like, no, come on, come on, come back this way again. I've got, I've got the, the position that I'm in matters a lot more than the plans that I make. Am I willing to surrender, to give control over to Jesus? To say, all right, you lead out, not me. Not what I want, which is what Joshua essentially says, but God, what you want. Because we never outgrow our dependency on God. Joshua is the chosen leader. Like this is who God has put in place to lead his people. He's walked faithfully as second in command under Moses for 40 years and watched Moses relate to God, watched Moses have this relationship with God that that leads out of almost everything that Moses does. And there's some failures in the moment and that's okay because God is still faithful in it. And then Moses dies and God finishes raising Joshua up and says, all right, let's go. Joshua has had a long history with God, but even now, in this moment, is still fully dependent on God to show up. We never outgrow our dependency, and hopefully, we never try to change our position in relationship with who God is. He's the one that's in control. Right? This is why we do like these night of worship things. I like it. Worship this morning was amazing, but it's only 20 minutes. The team has, you know, they got a short time. We got to get through the services and all of that. And so it's, it's this like abbreviated moment where we get to celebrate God and see how good he is. But every six, eight weeks, we pause. We take one of these night of worship moments. You got to come on Friday night. Not this week, next week. Good Friday, the 15th, seven o'clock. Come and worship with us because we're going to linger in God's presence. We're gonna to get to do some of this stuff where we, we don't, it's not just like, a, all right, it's a, the beginning of the service. It's like, this is what we're doing. We are praying and we are worshiping because we know we are dependent on God. Because our team from Pastor Kim and Pastor Jamie down know like, hey, if Easter is gonna go well, <laughs> Jesus, we need you to show up. We need you here. And so we position ourselves under him and cry out to him and say, God, come and be there with us. So Joshua bows down in front of, of the commander and the end of verse 14, he said, what message does my Lord have for his servants? And I love this question. He doesn't say, all right, Jesus, I'm so glad you're here. Let me show you, here's, here's the battle plans. Here's what we've drawn out. Here, look at this map. How do you, what, do you, what do you think of this strategy, Jesus? 
Is this a good way for us to go about? He doesn't bring his plans before God. He just straight up says, all right, what do you, what do you want? What message do you have for me? He could have just stayed near Jesus, but instead he begins to ask him some questions to interact with him. It's not enough to just be near Jesus. You need to be in relationship with him, talking with him. You know, I grew up in church. I grew up in Christian school. I, I grew up like doing these things, right? I was near Jason, or near, I am Jason. I was near Jesus <laughs> from the time I was born. Sometimes I feel near Jason and not fully there. That's okay. I was near Jesus from the time that I was born, and, and that was great. I have a great foundation that I grew in, but I didn't really have a, like a connected, close relationship with him for much of those growing up years. Like if you had known me during high school, you'd have some questions about my faith, and fairly so. Rightfully so. I didn't, I didn't live out anything differently. I didn't look or act that differently from the rest of my friends outside of I was just afraid of getting in trouble. So I behaved a little bit better, a little bit better than some of them just because I didn't want to get grounded. But that was my motivation for the way that I behaved, not because I wanted something better out of my life. So I was near Jesus. That's okay. That's a start. Maybe some of you are near Jesus. Maybe you've accidentally bumped into him this morning and you're near him. There's more, right? It kind of what often happens is the next step is what I joked about with Joshua. Like then I, you start laying out your plans before God and saying, all right, God, I'm gonna go do this. I hope you'll bless it. God, I'm, go, I'm dreaming of this. I'm planning to do this. I hope that you'll work in it, right? You kind of tell God what you're gonna do and, and like, come on, Jesus, we're going this way. Come with me, right? At least you're like, you're trying to talk, but it's still your thing, but then where Joshua is, and even what we sang this morning, come have your way, is a totally different way to live. Where it's no longer my plans, just my plans, and it's no longer my plans invited Jesus in, now it's what Joshua says. What message does the Lord have for a servant? God, I surrender everything. The plans that I've got, I'm giving them over to you, and I'm asking you, what do you want to do? And this is such a good spot to be in because you know what? We need, we need the orders from the commander. We need Jesus to be leading out in front of us, not us trying to drag him to come with us. And this is why sometimes it takes time, right, to hear him. We do these nights of worship. We do this like journaling stuff that we talk about. And sometimes it takes time to hear what God might want to say exactly to you, but I'll bring you back to that moment that I had this week with Spurgeon, who gets to see the Lord? Those who are looking for him. Right, like if you are in this spot where you would honestly look for him, worship him, ask, all right, God, what do you want to do in my life? He's not hiding from you. He's not going to hide away. He's not going to make the answers really murky and hard to find. They might be difficult to carry out. They might require some sacrifice. But God is really good at showing up when we're asking and looking. But you gotta ask. You gotta look. Because in the same way, I think, I think in verse 13, 
Jesus would have let Joshua walk right by him. He'd have been there, and Joshua could have just passed. He could have just seen him and turned around. He could have just gone his own way. But instead, Joshua comes, and he asks. And when Jesus is around you this morning, don't miss that opportunity. He's here. He's at work. He wants to speak into your life. But we have to choose to listen. We have to choose to open ourselves up and say, all right, what do you have to say to me today? And then we have to wait to hear from him. Joshua's response comes right away. Verse 14, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And in verse 15, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals from the place where you are standing, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. We'll come back to that holy thing and the shoes off and whatever that means in a moment. But first, I wanna come right here. These four little words, this little sentence that doesn't really seem to be a big deal, but it matters so much. Joshua says, what are your orders? What do you have for me? And Jesus gives him something simple that maybe doesn't make that much sense. Seems like a weird thing, but Joshua did so. Joshua does what Jesus tells him to do, right? Like if we're gonna ask God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? then we gotta then follow through and obey. There is no audible after Jesus answers that question. Right, there is no, you're not a pitcher that's shaking off the pitch from the, from the catcher saying, no, I don't wanna throw that right now. No, I don't wanna do that right now. Right, we, we encounter Jesus, he speaks, and then the option is obey. That's it, no other option, no other choice. I mean, you could walk away, that's the, that's the other option. Joshua could walk away from the commander of the Lord's army who's gonna go before him and fight in battle and, and lead for him and protect him and watch over him. And if Joshua wants those things, if Joshua wants to stay close to him, then that means he's gonna have to follow. And the same goes for you and I. And if I wanna be close to the Lord, then what that means is I've got to obey. That when he speaks, I've got to follow. So let's start at the beginning, right? You come to church, you bump into Jesus, you say, all right, I, I think this is something I need to, to be in on. And you stand one day and you say, I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. What do I do? And Jesus says, all right, next step, let's get baptized. Let's go. We're doing a baptism next week. This just lines up perfectly. We're doing a baptism next week. This is the next step. You've never been baptized. And I, I point over here because we put a baptism tank right here. And this is a step, right? Jesus says, all right, if you're gonna follow me, I want you to take off my shoes. That's what it, that, take off your shoes. That's what he said to Joshua. To us, he says, if you're gonna follow me, I want you to come to church on a Sunday, stand up in front of everybody, climb into a horse trough that's full of water, and then that's what it is. It's a horse, we bought it from the feed store out of North Fort Myers. Drove the church van out there and everything. And then we're gonna dip you underwater and then raise you up and then we're gonna pray for you. And this room's always cold. And so we're gonna be praying for you and you're gonna be cold and you're gonna be wet and the camera's gonna be on you and it's like, why are we doing, what? Because this is what Jesus said to do. Because before those stories that Jamie told last week in Jericho, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and then 
the disciples come in after him and Paul and the apostles say, if you want to follow Jesus, you follow him in baptism, your choice. Saying, I identify myself with him. This is the orders. This is what we do. You've been on the fence and your, spot, your connect card has a spot to say, I want to be baptized. And we'll baptize you next week. We'll celebrate with you because you're taking a step to follow his orders. How do you know more of his orders? They're in this book. He's written them out. He's given them to you. He's given them to me. But I got to slow down enough to say like, all right, I'm going to take some time to hear from God. I'm going to go after hearing his voice. It's not a choice. It's if I want to follow God, this is what I'm going to do. He calls us to forgive, right? We have to have grace for other people. No matter what they've done, no matter how cranky I just want to be in the moment, Jesus says, no, no, no. If you want to follow me, forgive. And we obey or we don't. He comes after our finances. Like, that's my thing, Jesus. You got your thing, I'll follow you, but the money, that's mine. He says, no, if you want to follow me, you're going to tithe, you're going to give, you're going to be generous to people when they're in need. This is what we do. This is how we live. He shows up, and the answer is yes. The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now sometimes those are littler things like that. Sometimes he gives you some big words, and you still gotta follow through. You still gotta do what God calls you to do. When I was... 21, I was on staff here, and, and uh, I, I led a trip uh, over to Miami with some of our young adults to a conference that was happening over there, and, um, and, and some of my friends came, Natasha, who led us in worship right here, and her husband, Terry, uh, were there. They, they, they drove the van. I, wasn't, I was old enough to lead the trip, but not old enough to be on the church insurance, um, so I couldn't drive anybody for four more years. I uh, had a, a while to earn that right. Um, so they drove, we went, we, we, we did the conference, worship was really good, God showed up in the preaching, ministry time's happening, it's one of those things where it's like, like, like this, where it's like, God, I'm all in, come have your way, like we sang this morning, all, all that, whatever you have for me, I'm in, and I got two words in that moment of ministry time, and then I don't think I was able to speak for a couple of hours. After that, we went to Pollo Tropical and got dinner, and uh, eventually Terry and Natasha kind of pulled me aside. We're like, what is wrong with you? Because I think my eyes were like this big, and I was just kind of walking around in a daze. I was probably bumping into chairs and tables, and it's probably a good thing I wasn't driving. Uh, they said, what's wrong with you? What's going on? I said, I think I just heard some big things from God. Uh, I, was, I was dating a girl at the time. We'd been together for six days before this conference. And in that ministry time, God said to me, if you want to be all in, marry the girl that you're dating and go into full-time ministry. This is what I have for you for your life, to be a pastor. Did I say six days we had been dating? Six days, Jesus, are you? I don't know her that well yet. Like, are you sure about six days? This is what you're, if you want to follow me, this is what you're going to do. 
And so we came back and said, yes, like, all right, God, if that, we're gonna obey. Sometimes it's small words. Get baptized. Start reading your Bible. Forgive others. There's a little bit more weight happening. Start tithing, giving. Sometimes it's big things. Your life is going to change. Say yes. I said yes to both of those things. 12 years later, 13 years later almost. 13. 13 years later, like those are really good things. Those are huge things, huge rocks in my life because God spoke and I was willing to say yes. I can't imagine where I would be without having said yes. Many of you have your own stories of these moments where you've said yes to Jesus. And unfortunately, sometimes myself included, we have moments where we say no. We're just like, oh, Jesus said that. I didn't quite hear nothing. Right, we have some of these moments. You know, there's forgiveness. There's grace. We got to get back to where maybe when he called you to do some things that you, yeah. Holy Spirit might have been working in the last couple of minutes, stirring something inside of you. It's like, shh, no, 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 not that, not that. You have a choice. We don't get picky with the calls that God lays before us. He's the commander of the army. He's the one in charge. I am under. I can choose to worship him, get in proper position, and then go with his plan, or I can walk away. But if I want to be with him, if I want to be where he is, if I want his blessings, if I want his plan, then I've got to follow his plan. Sometimes it really is that simple. If I want to see where God is, I have to do what he's calling me to do even if it's really difficult. Let's close with this. Jesus says to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. Right? You obey those words. You follow after him. You do what he calls you to do. Then where you are is going to be holy because where you are is where he is. And so that means if you go to work and you have followed Jesus into that job, Jesus is already there, and you can be a cashier at a, at a Publix. Words are sometimes hard. You be a cashier at a grocery store. You can be a waiter. You can be working at your desk at a computer. You can be a teacher. You can be a firefighter. Wherever you are, there Jesus is. And where you're working is holy, and that means where you are working, we are called to be on mission looking for others who need that hope of holiness and that hope of love and that hope of grace that Jesus wants to show up in their lives, that he wants to step into their path. And we say, all right, Lord, I'm in. What would you have me do? Give me direction, give me guidance, and I'll go and I'll speak, and I'll act, and I'll love, and I'll care for, and even if I'm uncomfortable, I'll share your words. And even if I don't know exactly what to say, in a moment, I'll sit with them in their grief. And even if I don't know how to really do it, I'll love them and care for them because that's what Jesus is already doing. And if I want him to lead out in my life, then that means that any place can become a holy place, that I can be on mission, that I can be caring for other people. And so we're gonna close just with a moment of inviting that. 
Tali, if you could put verse 14 back up. Joshua says, what message does the Lord have for my servant? Right, if you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. It's fine, it's your choice. It's not gonna lead you closer to God. But if you wanna see him really work in your life, Right, like if you want to see him show up and make changes, you want his hand of favor on your life, you want to hear his guidance for you, start by asking this question. Lord, what do you have to say? What do you want to speak into my life? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Right, you already sang it, probably. Come have your way. Come have your way. And if we mean those words that we sing, then he'll answer. He'll show up. He'll give you direction. He'll give you guidance. Right? If you've got 15 years of ignoring the Lord, it might take more than 15 seconds to hear him. Sometimes got to get the Q-tip and clear out the dust. But he'll be speaking. And so we're going to close in a moment of prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray along with me. And maybe you've been following Jesus for decades and you just sign up again right now and say, all right, Jesus, whatever you've got, you're in command, not me. You're in command, not me. Maybe you've never even given your life over to him. You've never even said like, all right, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And maybe that's where you start. You say, Jesus, do you want me? Like an honest question. Jesus, do you want me? I can already tell you what his answer is going to be. Yes. Yes. He wants to be close to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. That's why you're here. That's why that family member invited you or that moment just caught in your heart and you came. That's why you're here, is that Jesus wants to be with you. And so you can choose to surrender in that moment. Say, all right, I'm gonna let you in. What do you have for me to do? What do you wanna say to me? So join me and let's pray. And worship team, y'all can come on up. Lord, we just welcome you in this moment. We say, come Holy Spirit. Jesus, echoing the, the words of Joshua, we just, we close by saying, what message do you have? for your servants. And Lord, we invite you to speak into our lives. Father, right now, throughout worship, throughout the rest of this week, come and speak, come and lead, come and be in command and be in control. We surrender control over to you. And maybe if you wanna surrender that control for the first time, you wanna give your life over to Jesus, you can, you can say a prayer similar to this. You could just say, Jesus, I ask you to, to come in, to be my commander, to lead my life. And I'll do my best to follow after you. Father, we thank you that you are in fact in control. That we don't have to be good enough, smart enough, or quick enough to plan things out. 
So Father, I just invite your grace on everyone in this room right now. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand up with us. But before we sing, I just want to just want to know you can stand. It's good. If you if you said if you prayed that that kind of last prayer with me, if you gave your life over to Jesus for the first time, you've never followed him, you've never said yes to him as Lord. I want to invite you to take a step to obey. Right, Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then you will be saved. Then he will confess your name before God and say, I know them. I died for them. And if you've never done that, then I want to invite you to have a, a public moment. Yes, it's a public moment. There's some risk sometimes in following Jesus. But if you said yes to him as Lord, I just want to invite you to where, where you're at, just to raise your hand and say, I said yes to Jesus as Lord. You prayed that with me for the first time. And I see you want to say, I'm going to ask you to do it publicly. Say, I say yes to Jesus as Lord. And then we're going to celebrate. Hear that bell, we ring that for you. Because he's working in your life. He's, he accepts you. He says, I have been waiting for you. He's seen you every day. He's watched over you. And you have a whole different future, a whole different life ahead of you now. Because he is so, so good. Anybody else pray that prayer with me for the first time? Raise your hand so I can see you and we can celebrate with you some new life and new hope for you. All right. So we're going to worship, and, and I want to encourage you to listen. Like, sing along, but you prayed that prayer, listen for God to answer. You might already know, and you might just need to surrender and say, all right, God, I give it to you. It's all to you, and we're going to go, and I'm going to, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to follow you in it. In this moment, you might be listening to hear more. But if you're looking, who is it that sees the Lord? If you're looking, you will see him in your life in these next few minutes as we worship. So y'all lead us.